It's our Pentecost Sunday, Feast of Weeks. So it is called, praise God. And you cannot talk about Pentecost uh, without talking about the Holy Spirit. And so let's go to Acts chapter 2, verse 1. I want you to pay attention. The Lord has something for you. I really want you to pay attention because he has something for you. And if you take it by faith, you'll walk out of this place knowing, thank God I was in that service. In uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 1, on the day of Pentecost, had fully come. They were all without accord in one place, Pente, which means, uh, you know, 50. So it's 50 days from Passover, the Passover season, which is known as Pesach. And as 50 days later, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a, of a rushing mighty wind, mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Those are 120 uh, disciples who were sitting there in the upper room. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. Think about this. Go back there. Divided tongues as of fire. So there is fire. The Pentecost. Amen. I, I'm not going to talk about that, but and one sat upon each one of them, and then he says, and they were all filled, let's read that verse 4 together, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And I do believe it's the will of God because it's scripturally right for all believers to be filled with the Holy Spirit and speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives them utterance. When I, I think about Pentecost, I think about revelation of his word and an empowerment. It's revelation of his word and an, an empowerment. I said it this past Friday, it was God drawing his people to himself, revealing himself to them, and empowering them to be his witnesses. Not only did he, did he, he, he drew people to himself, revealed himself to them, and empowered them to be his witnesses. Remember in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he says, But you shall receive what? Power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. What did he do for the three years that he was with him? Drew them to himself. Drew them to himself and taught them, preparing them. So through his death, his crucifixion, death, burial, and resurrection, now they are to wait for the promise of the Father. And after his ascension, 10 days later, we see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Now this is closely associated with the giving of the law, which I won't say just the law, the giving of the word in Mount Sinai. God had delivered his people from Egypt, the bondage of Egypt, from slavery, took them to, uh, to the wilderness, and there he gave them his word. Let me say in this manner, in Mount Sinai, God wrote the terms and laws of the covenant upon tables of stone. You remember that? Moses came down with the two tables of stone. So in Mount Sinai, God wrote the terms and laws of the covenant upon tables of stone. There in the upper room, God wrote his laws upon the hearts of the people. You see the difference there? Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 31. Jeremiah is such a prophet. 
such a prophet of God. Wonderful to understand the time that he was writing uh, all those prophecies. Wonderful. But look at this in Jeremiah 31. He prophesies concerning the new covenant. Like even what Miss Rita has read, that was pro prophesied, that was the coming of the Messiah. So look at this. From Genesis to Revelation, the story is about Jesus. And God's love for his people that he could do anything possible to bring you and me and all the world to himself. That's a romance. That's a story. True romance, one can lay down their lives to, for the other. Anything less than that is a taker. Okay. You're in church. Let me stay with the word. Seems like you just want one scripture for another. You don't understand romance and being a taker, and you don't understand anything of uh, sponsorship and not a school one. Okay. Behold, that's Proverbs, uh, Jeremiah 31, 31. Listen to what he prophesied. He says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant. What is that? A what? A new covenant. When he talks about new covenant, it's you and I now coming right in there. Look at what he is going to do during the new covenant. When I'll make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Wonderful. We know that. But, but Galatians 3.29, he says this. If anyone is in Christ, is Abraham's seed and heirs according to what? The promise. Promise of the Spirit. Now look at this. Or the blessing. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant which they broke. What did they say? Oh, Moses, we don't have to come close. You go ahead and speak to God. And what you shall do, we'll hear. We'll listen to you. Did they do it? No, they didn't. They disobeyed God. But look at this. Not according to the covenant that they made with their fathers. I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant which they broke, though I was a husband to them, says the Lord. Look at this. But this is the covenant that I'll make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts and I'll be their God and they shall be my people. Are you seeing the difference? What was the new, the old covenant, what happened? He came with the two tablets of stone. They were written, the laws were written on those tablets. But he's saying this covenant, I am making a new covenant with my people. This covenant will be, go back to verse 33. This covenant will be this. I will put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts. In other words, in the hearts of flesh, not on the tablets of stone. And then he says this, and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Go to the next one. No more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother. Say, no, the Lord, for they all shall know me. It's ever been the will of God for all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. All shall know me. From the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more. So all what I've just said there, or we've read there from the scripture, listen again. So that this one may make faith. Or if you are a sense person, may make sense. It says this. In Mount Sinai, 
God wrote the terms and laws of the covenant upon tablets of stone. You remember that? Then in the upper room, then in the upper room, we've just read in Acts chapter 2, verse 1 and 4, God wrote his laws upon the hearts of the people. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit brought in, make it, made it possible for God to put those laws in the hearts of men. Is that clear? Is that clear? I thought you're looking at me it's like I'm speaking Gangerede, Brumande, Stobore, Stekera, and then you are, you are, you are, you are understanding Hilandoba, Lestedeba, Koledaba. But is that clear? So you see the, 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 the connection there. Let's go to Hebrews. Sorry. Yeah, let's go to Hebrews chapter 8, 7 to 13 quickly. For if the first covenant had been faultless, which you're talking about the old covenant, then no place would have been sought for a second. Because finding fault with them, he says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. Now this is Hebrews, the book of Hebrews the new the, the, in the New Testament. Because they did not continue in my covenant and I disregarded them, says the Lord. He didn't disregard his covenant, he disregarded the people who broke his covenant. Are you seeing the difference? He didn't disregard his covenant. Why? His words are eternal. Because there is a generation disobeying God and they are not keeping his word does not mean that his word will change. His word never will it change. It remains the same. For this is the covenant that I'll make with the house of them, uh, of Israel, after those days, says the Lord. I'll put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts and I'll be their God and they shall be my people. None of them shall teach his neighbor, none his brother, say, No, the Lord, for all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawlessness I'll remember no more. In that he says a new covenant, he has made the first what? Obsolete. Now what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away that new covenant may come into place. We are those people. If you hear them say we are the people, we are the real, true people. Listen this. Through the crucifixion, death, burial, and resurrection of, our, of, of Jesus our Lord, it was possible for a fallen man to receive a new heart and become a new creation only by believing in the Lordship of Jesus. That was made possible. If any man be in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.17 He's a new what? Creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. What is that? What has happened? They have been brought into a new covenant. A new covenant is for new creations. That's why he told the, the, he told the Pharisees and all those scribes, he told them this. You can't put a new wine in an old wine skin. A new covenant is for new creation. 
Everyone who has accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and as their Savior. Let's go back to Jeremiah 24 verse 7. Jeremiah 25, 24 verse 7. Look at this. Then I will give them a heart to know me. Woo! Are you seeing that? God has given you his heart or a heart to know him. Say, I know him. Amen. Say it by faith. I know him. Oh, you can't know God is too mysterious. How will you know God? No, he said that in his word. Where is that? Where you, which Bible are you reading from? He's given. He says this. I will give them a heart. Remember, this is a prophecy concerning the new covenant. I will give them a heart to know me that I am the Lord and they shall be my people and I will be their God for they shall return to me with what? With what? Their whole heart. That was not possible in the, new, in the old covenant. That was not possible. But it's possible in the new covenant. It's possible. But you have to be taught right and you have to think right and act right. Wrong believing is wrong living and it's wrong, uh, wrong, wrong results. Did you hear what I said? Wrong teaching produces wrong beliefs and wrong beliefs produces what? Wrong, if there is something this, wrong life. <laughs> you live wrongly. You believe wrong. You don't live right. Oh now, listen this then. Let's go to Jeremiah 2 still, verse 40. Look at this prophecy. So I'm telling you Jeremiah was such a prophet. Look at these prophecies. Look at verse 40. And I'll make an everlasting covenant with them. Oh, that's wonderful. Church, that's wonderful. I will make an everlasting covenant with them that I will not turn away from them, from doing them good. You're still quiet? Huh? Listen, let me see. Let me try reading it again. Let me pick up my iPad and stand here. Maybe this will have an impact. Listen to this. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them that I will not turn away from doing them good. God is bound to keep his word to do you good for the rest of your life. Don't ever associate God with anything bad. Nothing. Nothing bad that has come into your life came from God. Nothing. 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 Listen this. He says this in, he says this in, a, in Psalm 89 verse 34. He says this. My covenant will I not break nor alter the thing that has come out of my mouth. I'm bound to keep my word forever. He'll never change. Every bad thing comes from the enemy. Every good thing comes from God. He's bound by his covenant. He says it's an everlasting covenant. And listen to this. This covenant was before you showed, for, you showed up and you, it will outlive you. So listen to this. Expect the goodness of the Lord for the rest of your life. Only. Only church. 
That's good, good teaching. That's, you believe right. I'm expecting the goodness of the Lord. But I say, I will, make, I will not turn away from doing them good. Lord, don't turn away. He says, and I have to do you good before I can walk away. I have always to do good. You talk about God, you talk about his goodness. Amen? Hey, come on. Now look, let's go further. But I will put my fear in their hearts. You see the fear of God right there? You see the fear of God right there? What is the fear of God for? So that they, may, they will not depart from me. The fear of God draws you and me to him. That's not like the fear of the devil. That's an awe of God. The fear of God draws us to himself. The fear of God is our umbilical cord that will never ever depart from him. We are connected to the Father. We are joined with him. We are one with him. That's fear that keeps us right there. Joseph tells his brother, I fear God. When they are suspicious, is he going to kill us? Is he going to destroy us? Is he going to re retaliate? He says, no, I fear God. I fear God. I fear God. That's what I can do. What, I'm do what, what, what you think I, I was going to do. I fear God. And that has to be restored in the New Covenant Church. The pouring of the Holy Spirit came and the Bible says the fear of God fell upon every soul. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit is marked by one of those things that mark the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is a true reverence for God and his things. Check out your fear. Check out if you really fear God in your life. Do you look side by side except up? Listen this. Listen these words. That they may fear in their hearts. Mark those words, please. I tell you, please, be intentional in your hearing. I hope no one made you come to church. Youth. <laughs> or husband or wife. This Sunday we are going to church. But I had another appointment. We are going. That says the wife. So I hope she didn't, she didn't make you come to church. But since you are here anyway, pay attention. <laughs> since you are here anyway, pay attention. It doesn't help you to be thinking about golf when it's called, you are here. You won't play it at the same time sitting, listening to a preacher. So stay here. Now listen to this. As tongues of fire rested upon the 120 in the upper room, the Holy Spirit was at work cutting away their stony hearts of flesh, bringing their entire beings, spirits, minds, wills, back into unity with God. Their hearts were being circumcised. Their hearts were being circumcised. That's the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Now look at this. In Colossians 2.11, the Amplified Classic Version, just what I've read there. I, I won't repeat and repeat because 
You can go to the message and check it out online. Now look at, look at this then. They are being what? Huh? Why are you uh, kind of ashamed of using the word circumcision? What are you thinking about? We're in church. This is not FGM. You understand that? <laughs> they are also being circumcised. Now look at this. In him you also were circumcised, by the way. But not the circumcision you're thinking about. In him also you are circumcised with a circumcision not made with hands. But in a spiritual circumcision performed by Christ. How is that? Remember the circumcision, the eighth day, the Abrahamic circumcision was, was for men only. Listen, family. For men only. It wasn't for women. The eighth day, that Abrahamic covenant was for men only. But what was it doing? It was circumcision was for the removal of the skin. But this one now here is a spiritual circumcision performed by Christ, the anointed one, by stripping off the body of the flesh, the whole corrupt, carnal nature with his passions and lusts. And we become what? A new creation. A new creation with a new a new living way. We live different. We talk different. Listen this. We are of another breed. We have God's own DNA. We are born of God. Born of the spirit. Born of love. Born of faith. We are children of God. That's the circumcision of the heart. So what is happening there? Under the new covenant, God not only promised to give us a new heart, but he has, he, he, that, that he was going to put his spirit within us. Not just a new heart. But listen to this. But that he was going to put his spirit within us. Within you. I'm born of God. I am born again. But that's not enough. I have God's spirit in me. Now look at this. Look at this from, from Ezekiel 36, 27. Ezekiel 36, 27. Now that's another prophet. Prophesying concerning the new covenant. What was going to happen? I will put my spirit within you. That's capital S. When you see capital S in the Bible, is referring to the Spirit of God. I will put my Spirit within you and cause, cause, you shall receive power, ability, dunamis, and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. Listen to this. In the upper room on the day of Pentecost, God took out their stony hearts and sent the Holy Spirit to dwell within them. His purpose for placing his spirit in them was not to give them goosebumps. That's fine, that's fine, that's fine. No problem. Anyone who's ever felt that way? 
That's fine. You can, you can feel that way. That's fine. No problem. That, listen this. But the purpose was not just for that. Was not, in, in fact, it, it was not to give them goosebumps. It was, not just, it was not just so they would be able to speak in tongues, which is okay. Prophesy, which is okay. Heal the sick, which is okay. And perform miracles, which is right, which is fine. Those are the results of the Holy Spirit dwelling within them. God placed his spirit within man so that he would be one with him. That was a separation that had happened in the Garden of Eden. But now it has been made possible through the new creation because of the price that Jesus paid. It had become possible for fallen men after the Adam, after the, the nature of Adam, it has become possible for them to be new creation, to be called children of God. And because of that, the Holy Spirit would come into the heart of a man who has accepted Jesus Christ. And they would become what? One with God. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17, please. If you can put it up there. As I drink some water here. I'm feeling like coming down there and running around. I'm almost. I don't know if I'll do it or not. I feel like running around. Running to behind there. The ones who feel like I'll come late and I'll, I'll sit behind. You know, these pastors can spit sometimes when you come so close. Ah, but listen to this. He who's joined to the Lord is what? One spirit with him. Let me read a scripture over here. Let's go to Colossians chapter 2 verse 10. Now if this one you don't shout. Ah, I know you're born again. Anyway. Now listen to this. So the, the goosebumps, the, the speaking in tongues is wonderful. The laying hands on the sick is wonderful. What else? Huh? Miracles are wonderful. All those things are wonderful. But listen to this. He wanted to be one with you. Remember this. The heart of a man is the core of his existence. If one if God knew God, the heart of a man, let me say it again. The heart of a man is a core of his existence. God knew if I can get his heart, I can get the whole being. The children of Israel could not do, could not obey, even as much as they would have tried. Why is that so? They had no new nature. Don't ever say, oh, I wish. I wish I was that time of Moses. You're demeaning a better covenant. I would have seen all those miracles. You don't know the Bible. You don't know we have a better covenant. You are the one who says old is gold. Well, God says, behold, I'll do a new thing. Oh, that's the dress I had. I had it. I had it. That's the time I got married in 1973. This dress has to stay. 
God says, let it go. I have new things for you. I'll hold on to my dress. All wine skin. Okay, you're not happy with me. You don't want to release your dress. Huh? <laughs> I did one time. We moved the houses and, and we put things in a certain, you know, in, in, a, in a store. And then I think Tina traveled in before me. And then I'm checking out. These utensils, we haven't used them for the last, like, was it six years probably? What are they for? I need to carry some of them and give them. I didn't consult. I didn't know that. You have to consult concerning utensils. You understand that? I just didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that. Dr. Chris had no idea you can consult about this. <laughs> so, I packed them and I took them uh, back at, you know, down country. And then Tina, looked, uh, Tina had gone to now the mother's side. So she came up and she observed, she saw them. Then we came back. The bomb was not made, was not dropped there. Came back. Honey, you mean you took those utensils? I said, which ones? <laughs> well, uh, there, there are some, some things that have sentimental, <laughs> senti what? You remember like that tray, I'm thinking, that tray is made of bamboo. What is <laughs> sentimental about a bamboo tray? I learned my lesson. I don't just give out some sentimentals. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good lesson to learn as a husband. Uh, man, you understand what I'm talking about? There's nothing sentiment. What is it? Hey, come on. You, you like it? Yeah, come on. We'll buy the next one. <laughs> I learned my lesson. So I only give my part. And if there is a place to consult, I have to consult. Do you think we can give that? I say, not yet. Oh, okay. All right. Kuna matata. God came to live in us. Look at this in Colossians 2.10, church. Listen this the Amplified Classic. And you are in him. That ought just to uh, <clears throat> jack you a little bit. Made full and having come to fullness of life. What people waiting for the future. God says, having come to the fullness of life. In Christ, you too are filled with the Godhead. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. <laughs> did, 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 you, did you say that? Did you say that? And you are in Him, made full. What are you waiting for? You know, the thing about Christians, mostly we kept saying this, is sometimes it will happen. God is going to make 
God says, I've done this. I've done this for you. It's not in the future. You've realized that Isaiah, Isaiah says about by whose stripes they are healed. First Peter comes and says this. Peter says this. You were. It's not sometimes in the future. And that's why we keep looking for the sometimes in the future while faith takes now. You see it as the truth. You see it as a fact. We see it as it's already taken place. So listen to this. I'm going to take it in my spirit. And I'm going to make steps according to the word of God to renew my mind so that I may see the manifestation of his will upon my life now. You've come. You haven't come to fullness of life. Some people are waiting until they turn 40. Or 50. Or 60. To live. Or life begins at 40. Who told you that? We're in the scriptures. That's not true. That's a cliche. Which is untruth. It's not based on the word of God. He says, and you are in him, made full, and having come to fullness of life. In Christ you too are filled with the Godhead. Not one day, you're filled with the Godhead. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and rich, full, spiritual stature, and he is the head of all rule, and authority, and evangelic principality, and power. That's the one who indwells us. That's the one who quickens this mortal body. That's what you're supposed to wake up tomorrow morning thinking he's already inside of me. I don't have to be running and just, just not, don't, not knowing what to do. He's in me. I come out of this body. I come out of this bed and I start doing what the will of God is. Let me show you something how you can apply that uh, in your day-to-day life. God, listen to the New Living Translation. Remember I said God came. What he was looking for is this. God placed his spirit in man so that we can be what? One with him. One with him. One with him. Wonderful miracles we experience. Wonderful. Cast out devils. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. On and on. But listen to this. He wanted that unity. He wanted that oneness with man. He wanted his man back. He wanted a man that he can trust and be of authority and dominion and power and do his purposes and his plans on this earth. Listen, the New Living Translation says this, and you are complete through your union with Christ. Ah, you know, and I, and I think I'll be happy when I get married. Who told you that? Ask those who are in there. If you're unhappy before, you remain unhappy. Now you have two people to deal with. You're unhappy when you're alone. Now get another unhappy person. Yeah. And you know too, unhappy attracts unhappy. <laughs> oh yeah. You better know that. You are complete through your union with Christ. No man is coming to complete you. The moment I come to your life, I'll change you. What? What? No, no, even don't, don't take another cup of coffee. Just pay the bill yourself and go. <laughs> you're, about <to> get, <laughs> you're, you're about to get into trouble. Come with your life, change you? What? What did Christ come to do? He came to do that. 
Not you. <laughs> anyway, I'm having fun up here. <laughs> he says, and you are complete through your union with Christ. He is the Lord over every ruler and authority in the universe. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's who we are in him, church. Now look at this there. God placed his spirit within man to reveal his will to him and teach him his ways. God put his spirit within man to reveal his will to him and teach him his ways. Let's go then, Psalm 103. Look at the old covenant. Look at Psalm 103, verse 7. Psalm 103, verse 7. It says, it says this, He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. They saw the miracles, they experienced the miracles than any other people that have ever been on the face of the earth. If you're talking about supernatural manifestation. In fact, of course, there's no greater miracle than a new birth. You understand that? But the manifestation of the power of God, they saw that. Listen to that. Yet, they disobeyed. Yet, they could not inherit the promise. They saw the acts, but Moses knew his ways. I like saying, this, saying it in this manner. His ways produce his acts. It's, no. He knew him. In fact, there's a version I think I read on Friday. He, he knew even, he, he made known his character. You are sub, some, some total of uh, your habits and character. So listen to this. God revealed himself. Remember he says, I'm long-suffering. Remember when he says, he started introducing himself again to Moses. Moses got to know him as a person. This is a man who will spend 40 days and 40 nights in his presence and come down and find them sinning and then goes back and spend time in his presence. He knew him. Until when his time to die, he said, I'll, I'll bury you myself. You don't find his grave. He was buried by, by an angel. Look at this then. In John, so God placed his spirit within man to reveal his will to man and teach him his ways. In John 16, 14, 26, John 14, 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, when, whom the Father will send in my name, he will do what? He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I say to you. The helper. Well, what has he come to do? To teach us, listen to this, God's ways. New creation to be taught God's ways, but he's given us his ability. We are new creation. God has empowered us. We are able to obey him. Now let's go first to, uh, to Romans chapter 8. I want you to see something there from verse 1. Do a little bit of reading here. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Getting anything out of this? Like Brother Francis say what? You, get, you got what? Things out of this. So you said what? 
not just something you received. Not just something. Okay, look at this then. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life, which was put in motion through the resurrection, or during the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, has made me free from the law of sin and death, which is superior. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus is much more superior than the law of sin and death. So you should, we should never have an excuse to sin. Or is it for sin? Never have an excuse. Never ever. The temptation was so big, I couldn't withstand it. Not true. Not true. Look at this, what follows next. Or I'll just explain it. Father, look at this. For what the law could not do, now that's the law of Moses, what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh. Why is that so? These men were not new creation. They are not born again. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. He came as a man. On account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Look at what follows next. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. So it's a mindset. Look at what follows next. The difference between those who are experiencing peace even as believers and those who are not experiencing peace. For to be carnally minded is death, to be spiritual minded is life and peace. That's a difference right there. A mindset. And what follows next says this. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it's not subject to the law of God. No, indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And then he goes on to say, look at what follows next. But you are not in the flesh. In other words, identify yourself with the finished work of Christ. Not with the mortality, but with the immortality. Now, you know, we are all sinners. Oh, talk for yourself. Talk for yourself, please don't. Talk for, uh, talk for me. Yeah, you know, we are all, you know. No, no, no. Identify yourself with Christ. Listen, life changes when we have a standard. We are identifying ourselves with the finished work of Christ. Not with your tribe. Not with your humanity. Not with your nationality. With Christ. Life begins to shift right there. Now look at this then. He says, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. In, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Does he? Does he? Yes, he dwells in us. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he's not his. But we have the spirit of Christ indwelling us. We are born of the spirit. We are born of God. Not, look at this, what follows. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit, I believe that's the spirit, not, 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 uh, not uh, the Holy Spirit. That is your spirit. Because he's talking about the body and he says the spirit. You are born again spirit is life. Because of righteousness. What follows next verse 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Does he? He the father who raised Christ from the dead. Will also give life. 
to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in us. Who dwells in you. My life is inside out. My healing comes from right within me. And flows in this mortal body. Ask Christ. The hope of glory. Christ in you. The hope of glory. Christ in you. The hope of glory. Whew. Oh, glory to God. Let me explain some practical part of your day-to-day life. You may say, like, that's wonderful, Pastor. And then what am I supposed to do? Tomorrow I'm going back to work. I have my boss there. He's made in heaven. You see, that's the way your staff members talk about me. <laughs> Mr. Ruth, you're not convinced. I thought I heard you talk to Norman. Pastor is made in heaven. He's our boss in this. In this, in this. <laughs> so I don't know where your boss is from. Okay, anyway. But let me, let me read. Last, time, last Sunday, I'm, I'm, I mentioned this. But I want to read an excerpt from John Bevere's book, which is called The Awe of God. Let me read it out. Will you please pay attention? This is how you're supposed to walk back there tomorrow. You're out at the supermarket. You're dealing with people, different people. Listen to this. A few years back, I met with a multi-billionaire. Okay? I didn't want to say a certain country. You can have such money in a certain country, but, but not mean anything. I won't say it. May, they may be watching me online. Nowadays, they can say, this pastor. And I started fighting TikToks. And, and, but listen to this. This man, of course, John B.V. is an American. So this is a multi-billionaire in what? Dollars. All right? He shared of his floundering work in the marketplace early in his career. He had read all the bestsellers regarding building a successful business and implemented the wisdom he gleaned. Yet he still struggled. Ten steps to a successful business, a successful career, you know those, those things? They are good, that's fine. But listen to this. One day while sitting in church listening to his pastor, Bringing a message, he thought, he, the thought came to him. He is called to preach the gospel and depends on the Holy Spirit to accomplish his life mission. Now, talking about like you sitting, you're looking at me and you are saying this. I am I'm called to preach the gospel and I depend on the Holy Spirit to accomplish my life mission. Then this thought continued. I am called to the marketplace, so why don't I depend on the Holy Spirit to do what I'm called to do? He determined to get up each morning and ask the Lord's direction for the day. When each morning and ask the Lord's direction for the day. He kept a notepad. Now as he's taking notes. And wrote down everything he was impressed to do. He also made it a point to keep one ear always listening to the Holy Spirit's impressions throughout the day, even in his business meetings. 
Listen this. He shared some specifics on a particular day he was scheduled for an acquisitions meeting. That morning he felt the Holy Spirit instruct him to do what seemed like a very trivial act. Like, you know, one, one of the things can be in church, but it can be even in places. Uh, you know, just go out, out there in the front and dance for two or three minutes. No, I'm not going up there. I just go. Just go. If, if you can't do it, uh, you can do it openly. Just go close to Helen, colleague. Nah, I'm not doing that. I, no, no way. I didn't come to church to do all those things. Those are trivial, seemingly instructions of the Holy Spirit. And listen to what follows. It made no sense, but he was committed to the process. That is a big word right there. Commitment to the process. The Holy Spirit instructed him to repetitively commit a certain act. He kept thinking of the king who was told by the prophet Elisha to strike the ground with arrows. You remember that? The king struck three times and was rebuked by the prophet for not striking more. That is 2 Kings 13, 14 to 19. 2 Kings 13, 14, 19. So this man performed the act 20 times. He told me later, that day my company brought 20 hospitals in Vietnam. 20. That day, my company, uh, sorry, that day my company bought, bought, sorry, that day my company bought 20 hospitals in Vietnam. Remember, if we had done it just two times, they could have bought how many? Two. That's what I was speaking to you earlier on, on, on about the prophetic act. You have to listen to the Holy Spirit. Then he shared how he bought one of the largest banks in the world in Europe. The process seemed more unorthodox than the hospital acquisitions. I was amazed. I was amazed. Simply put, this businessman chose to obey God no matter what was given to him in prayer, whether it seemed logical or not. The fruit is evident. He is not a floundering. He is not floundering. Uh, any longer. What is he, has he been telling you to do? Speaking in tongues is wonderful. Laying hands on the sick is wonderful. But let me tell you something. In your, in your workplace, if you speak in tongues for one hour during lunchtime and you are failing and you are meeting with the HR, that's not being a witness. Constantly you're meeting with the HR because of uh, not performing. That's not a witness, is it? Huh? You are, you are there for morning glory from six in town to seven, thirty. Then you go. Going inside the office. But you're not performing. That's not a witness. Listen, why is that so, church? Not depending on the Holy Spirit. He came to teach us God's ways. His ways prosper. 
His ways lead to profit. I can read so many scriptures regarding that. But what am I talking about? You must. It's wonderful to speak in tongues. And it's wonderful. It's, it's the beginning of it. The things that I've got, I speak in tongues every day. But listen to this. That's not all. It's the listening, the hearing. And I'm going, I think, from next Sunday, I'm going to start speaking, teaching about a hearing heart. It's a hearing, perceiving the Holy Spirit that will make us witnesses wherever we go. They don't know tongues. Tongues are not for non-believers. But when they speak in tongues and they are there, they think you are crazy. They think we are headless. But listen to this. The listening to the Holy Spirit on a daily basis is what will make us be different. We have the anointing from the Holy One. We have the greater one living in us. In our day-to-day -day life, asking him for the details, what he wants us to do. I met a certain businessman, well, you know, known businessman, this past week, and I asked him, tell me, how is business? He said, not good. In the natural, hard, terrible. And he told me this, pastor, it is a reality now. It's not how much you know. It's who you're going to listen to. If you go to all channels, listening to the news, you get, you get, I'm telling you, you'll spin your head. Because this channel is saying this way, reporting the same thing. This other one is saying this, this, uh, this one is because they support a certain individual, they report a certain way. Have you noticed that? Even during the campaign period, you are so selective because of who you are voting for. There's a channel that you watched because you are voting for so-and-so. There's a channel that you couldn't stand because they're not giving enough time to your candidate. You are biased in your thinking to, uh, uh, you know, what do we call it? Fashioned in a certain way of thinking by the channel that you're watching. And that's why this side, they are convinced they are going to win because who they are listening to. This other side, they are so convinced that they are going to win because of who they are listening to. When the results came, everyone says, we won. The other one says, I win. And then, oh, well, we won because you are listening to this other side. Listen to this. It's, it's who you listen to. And God has given us his spirit to indwell us that you may hear the heavenly broadcasting corporation every day. Every day. Let's go to 1 Peter 2.9 from the Passion Translation, please. Oh, I'm getting excited here. That was not a political statement. You know that. I'm telling you about hearing. I'm speaking about you on a day-to-day -day hearing. Listening to the Lord. Listen to this. Oh, come on now. Remember in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says this. But you shall do what? You shall receive what? Power. The ability. Ability. It didn't say you shall receive power to speak in tongues. It's part of that. But you shall receive power that you may do what? That when the Holy Spirit has come upon, upon you so that you may be what? 
my witnesses. How can you be a witness in your place of work? Whatever you are called by God. How can you be a witness? On a day-to-day life. Only by listening to him who dwells in you. Listening to him. I had, I had recently, I, met, I went to a certain shop and uh, there were two ladies there. And then um, they were selling clothes. So we started talking and I don't know how it went. They says, made a certain statement and I, I responded. I didn't quote the scripture, but I responded with the word of God. I didn't even quote the scripture. I didn't say the Bible says. And I think I was in jeans, or, but that was more of casual wear. And then... Um, then she looked at me, I don't know what they said next, and then I responded in, in response to the word of God. I didn't even quote the scripture. And then she looked at me, and I said, uh, by the way, let me tell you something about you. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit started rolling up things from, from my heart concerning her. And there were two of them, and she went, oh, I don't know how many times I've heard that it's up to this time for me to start obeying. She was born born again, but she wasn't living for the Lord. I left there them not knowing I was a pastor. Because I didn't tell them I'm a pastor. But I ended up praying for those ladies. Now that's the Holy Spirit will catch catch someone's attention. And that's what we need for the mission. Church, that's what is going to make a, 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 is going to bring a distinction in your life. Look at this in verse. So we're talking about being witnesses, okay? Come on now. Did I lose you somewhere? When I started talking about you, when I was talking about Christ, you are excited. But when I started talking about the nitty detail, gritty of your life or day-to-day life, you kept quiet. Can I hear hallelujah? I I, I should say like uh, Bishop Keith Butler tells tells his his, his church, say this. Say, say, preach it, Bishop. Preach it, Bishop. Preach it, Bishop. (laughs) So anyway, but can I hear you hallelujah? Now look at this. Look at this. But you are God's chosen treasure. Priests who are kings, a spiritual nation, set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience church. He made known his ways to Moses that you may experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They experienced something. They were changed. They were new people. And then they started walking out in their, in their day-to-day lives. And people could tell they're different. At some point, they say this. Don't go there. Let me, let me read this scripture. But don't, don't go there. Stay with that, that scripture. You can all write it down. At some point, in Acts 4, 13, 14, it says this. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus and seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. 
They were uneducated and untrained men. They marveled. All they could tell is this. This person has been with Jesus. And for us who have the inside story, what do we, what, what do we say? What do we know? They had, been come, they had become one with God. That's how they became witnesses. Listen, look, look at this. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light. And now he claims you as his very own. He did this so that you would what? Join the broadcasting corporations of heaven. Wherever you go. So that you would broadcast his glorious wonders where? Throughout the world. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. We used to sing that song, I don't know what it means. Deeply, deeply. <laughs> anyway, don't go there. Now look at this. Let me say quickly and then we'll go into preparing to give our offering. The connection between the glory of God comes right there with the revelation of God's word. Comes right there with the union of Christ. Our union with Christ. You cannot speak about God without his glory. His marvelous, his what? His marvelous light. Inapproachable, unapproachable light. That's his glory. And him to come to indwell his people. Apostle Paul says this quickly. Say I'll do quickly in this man. Apostle Paul said quickly in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Look at, listen to verse, verse 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 6. The New King James Version says this. For it is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness who was shown in our hearts. Did you all leave the house? Who has done what? Shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. What is that? Do you remember the prophecies of Ezekiel? The prophecies of Jeremiah? That's a new creation. But what is the whole purpose? Listen, his laws, his word is written in our hearts and it's in our minds so that the Holy Spirit has come so that the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ may be a reality to us. It's revelation, which is the glory of God. Look at what follows next. Apostle Paul could say this. With all that revelation, he says this. For we have this treasure in earthen vessels. God, through his mercy, chose this mortal flesh, clay, came from the dust, all of us, to dwell in. And that's why Apostle Paul says, we have this treasure. Listen, there's a treasure in you. If you ever gone to an event and they have a treasure hunt, show them this. It's in me. You see what? They're, they're looking for treasure. And they say, the treasure's in here. You don't have to look. Look no more. You all adults have never done treasure hunt. You don't know what I'm talking about. When were you born? 1920? No, just kidding. Now look at this. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power. Are you seeing that again? 
of the power may be what? Of God and not of us. Every time we can say this, to God be the glory. To God be the glory. He's the one who's come to put his presence in, our, in, in, this, in these bodies. In these mortal bodies, vessels of clay. In conclusion, God has put his spirit in us, giving us power to keep his covenant. The children of Israel could not. They didn't have the Holy Spirit in them. The promise of the new covenant is, is God has written his laws upon our hearts and has given us what? Power to obey. He has given us power to obey. God will never ask you to do something that he has not given you the ability to do it. Or to do. God will never ask you to do something that he has not given you the ability to do. So strive, listen this, the, the, I did this on Wednesday so we can go back to Wednesday message. So stop striving in your ability. Without him, you can do nothing. Stop striving in your ability and depend on the Holy Spirit because in him you can do all things through him who strengthens you. It depends on the Holy Spirit to guide you in this life. Depend on him. That's a, a, a game changer right there. Dependence on the Holy Spirit. Go back in your own time reading the scriptures and meditating on the scriptures concerning the Holy Spirit. What he was, he was, he was sent to do. Again, I tell you, praying in tongues is wonderful. Yeah, you know, probably I've never taught much about any other subject that, like the Holy Spirit and praying in tongues. Some I believe of that. It's wonderful. Laying this hands on the sick and all that. But listen to this. He's called us to be witnesses on a day-to-day -day life. Wherever you go. But we must listen to him. We must depend on the Holy Spirit. God, excuse me, stop striving in your ability and depend on the Holy Spirit to guide you in, in this life. God wants your entire being. You are everything. Remember he says this, that they may know me, they may turn to me with their whole what? Whole heart. Born again. Nature of God. It is a total surrender to his will and purpose. It's a game changer right there. So in giving of our Feast of Pentecost, our offering, I really want you to be in faith. For what? For his ability. Go there to Deuteronomy 8.18, please. For his ability. For his ability. For, for just... How do I put it, Lord? And knowing concerning his will in your life. A leading. I'll show you why God told his people, don't come empty-handed in this feast. We're not observing as in the letter of the law. We're near covenant people. That's why we didn't come with any, any you know, you didn't, we could have been over here, blah, 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 you know, with the goats and cows and, and sheep. We didn't come with any of it. 
color. Thank God I was born in the new covenant. You'll smell blood of, of God. If you don't like blood of goats and, and doves and all through the year as a priest, because I could have been in the tribe of the Levites. Man, good Lord Jesus. Oh, you know. <laughs> For you to be able to worship them, thank God I'm a spiritual house. I'm born of the new covenant. So that's not the part. That's not what we are. We're not of the law, letter of the law. We're the new covenant. Listen to this. We worship God in spirit and in truth. Like what Miss Rito said, out of the sincerity of our hearts, because we love him. We obey his word. Listen, he said this. He says he did not regard them, not the covenant. He did not regard the people. But his word is eternal. Deuteronomy 8.18. And you shall remember. Here's this word again. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you what? Power to get wealth. God's covenant with his people was that of covenant of wealth. Yeah, believers should not have much money, says the devil. Says the devil. Yeah, you know, believers, you know, we know we came, we came naked and we'll go back naked. Says, that, says, says who? He didn't say, yes, you'll go naked, but listen to this. If you know what to do with money in your generation, you will find abundance in heaven because of souls that could have come into the kingdom of God because of your righteous generosity. But the others, you, you know, the, the others, if, if it becomes your God, that becomes a problem. But what does the devil want to say? What, what says, our oh, believers should not have much money. What should we have? As we just sing in the spirit. Okay, go home and eat in the spirit. You have no spiritual chicken. Oh, oh yeah. Anyone over you eating spiritual chicken? If all what you do at night and you are having dreams, you keep eating and keep eating and keep eating. You need some power of God coming upon you to be set free. We don't have spiritual chicken. And my spiritual clothes. Yes, they are. I'm the righteousness of God. But you've noticed that you also put on clothes? You remember no one will allow you to come in this compound if you only have spiritual clothes. That <laughs> <laughs> won't happen in this church. <laughs> All what you have with spiritual clothes. When was the last time you went to the supermarket and said, get ready, brim and gist at the butter. That says the Lord, pay all the bill. And what? Uh, security. <laughs> That's what they do. Security. <laughs> now where did I get into all that? Do you know my honey? Why did I get into all that? No, just kidding. But look at this. God is the one who gives you what? Power to get wealth. Let's go to Deuteronomy 16, 16. Uh, sorry, hold right there. Uh, he gives you power to get wealth that he may do what? Establish his what? Covenant. You see that's a covenant? Covenant of wealth. Covenant of wealth. We didn't tell, tell power and light in that we are born again. 
give us for free. You realize even as a believer, the taxes has gone up, even you have been taxed. Are you realizing that? Come on now. You live in this Kenya? Huh? The taxes are up. But listen to this. God has always wanted his people not to depend on the economy of the world, but to depend on him for the leading of the Holy Spirit so that even in the midst of famine, God can bless his people. That is being a witness. That's being a witness. That he may establish his covenant which he saw to your fathers as it is this day. Go to Deuteronomy 16, 16, then he finish this, please. God wants his people to be in the cycle of his blessing. Remember, they were doing year after year. Remember that? Year after year. I told you there are several things over here. I'm going to read that in a short while. But listen to this. Some of the reasons I've shared with you this is the third time. I believe that God's people ought to be aware of this feast and keep them in the spirit of revelation. Listen to this. Keep them in the spirit of revelation and not observing uh, uh, the law. Uh, he wanted his people to never forget their redemption. What had happened? They were redeemed in, in uh, the land of Egypt. They come into the wilderness, and what, happy, uh, what does he do? He appears to them, and he shows them how to live. He gives them the word. He gives them the law. And God has always wanted to distinguish his people from the world controlled by the devil. What was this feast of weeks? Was it supposed to be? He gave them the word. What was that word going to do? Was going to distinguish them from other nations who are worshiping other gods. So he always wanted his people to stand like what we've read there in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. And then God wanted to bring his people into true worship. Listen, in the new covenant, he wants to bring his people to a true worship. Why is that so? How did he do it? He's given us his spirit to indwell us. And he's given us his word to renew our minds and our, his spirit to dwell in us. And he told the, the, the Samaritan woman, and he said this, there's a coming a time. It's no longer a place. It's no longer a place. Those who are, who, who, it will come to a place that all those who worship the Lord must worship him in spirit and in truth. It's a different attitude of the new covenant. The same attitude that we have concerning the giving of our offerings. When he says it's three times a year, all your males shall appear before the Lord your God. And we know in the new covenant again, there's no male or female. You find that in, 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 uh, in, uh, in Galatians chapter 3. There's no male, male or female. Three times a year, all your males shall appear before the Lord your God in the place which he chooses. Now listen to this. In the place that he chooses, in the place like what we see, the Samaritan woman speaking about what? The place in your heart. It's a different attitude of true worship to God. At the Feast of Unleavened Bread, about 49 days ago, or 50 days ago, at the Feast of Weeks, this one here, and at the Feast of Tabernacles, and they shall not appear before the Lord, what? Empty handed. What is he thinking about? Covenant of wealth. The ability, the power. Believe this church for the outpouring of, your, of his spirit upon your business, upon the work of your hands. As we release our, our, our seed this day, believe for the supernatural 
power of God working in your behalf. It's available. It's activated by faith. That's why I've shared with you the word of God that you can give by faith. Are you ready? Are you ready? Yes. Hallelujah. Please stretch forth your hands and to the Lord now, Father. You are covenant keeper. You have never changed. You remain the same yesterday, today, and forever. And in obedience to your word, not as an obligation, but because of the love that you've shown to us, we have brought as in is in our ability to bring our Feast of Weeks offering. To you, our High Priest Jesus, the High Priest of this new covenant, the head of the body of new creations, we bring this to you. Now look down from your holy habitation and bless your people. Breaking the cycles of poverty, of lack, of insufficiency, removing even the transgressions of your people, forgiving even their mistakes because of your mercy and your grace. Father, I decree by the word of God, I declare a new beginning in the lives of your people, a dependence on the Holy Spirit to do your will, to do your purposes, to do your plans in our generation. Father, let there be a new beginning. And there is someone and someone's there's been mistakes, a mistake after another. The Lord has pardoned you. The Lord has forgiven you. And just rise up and start looking at the head of the church. Your perfect example, not in your mistakes, not your mistakes, but what he has done for you. And I'm telling you, there is a redemption of your finances. There is a redemption of the work of your hands. There is a redemption of all the things that you have lost. And devil, by the authority of God's word, we rebuke you. Take your hands off God's people's lives, off their finances, off their businesses, off all that they have been called to do. And that spirit of condemnation, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Father, thank you for teaching your people to prosper, leading them to profit. Thank you for the enablement. Thank you for bringing us to a place that we are witnesses of your glorious, marvelous light. Thank you for each and every single giver, Father. For the multiplication even of this seed. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. Thank you for the angelic help. Angels, go forth and cause these promises to manifest in the lives of your people. And I thank you, Father, for the supernatural breakthroughs. I thank you for financial breakthroughs. Oh, Lord. I sense this is a sudden. 
this is a sudden shift in your financial state. There's someone that you've really struggled over and over again. You invested much, but you've gathered little. God, through His mercy and through His grace, has redeemed you from that. Thank you for abundance. Thank you, Father. It's because of your goodness and all what you have intended all the generation through your covenant is to do us good. So, Father, we receive your goodness. Say, I receive the goodness of the Lord because he has come to do me good. Amen.